Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hi. How's it going? Great. Well, here we go. Should we get... (laughs) (laughs) So, Desi... This past week on our main episode, we talked about Hattie Wolstein, who was a woman in Victorian era Los Angeles. So I decided that let's talk about another case from the same era. Okay. In the 1880s of Los Angeles. This is about another young woman who was dishonored. (gasps) Just as Hattie Wolstein was. Wow. Different circumstances, but some very... Dishonored nonetheless. Dishonored nonetheless. There's um, another guy who's awful at the center of this case. Okay. Let's get into it. Yeah. Back in 1878, one of L.A.'s hottest bachelors was a man named Francisco Chico Forster. Ooh. Now, Francisco, we're going to call him Chico. Okay. Because that's what he went by. Chico, he was the son of John Forster, a wealthy land baron from England, and Isadora Pico. Yes, that's right. That's the sister of Pio Pico, who was the last governor of Mexican California. Is that what Pico Boulevard is? I was just going to say. Also <laughs> also of Pico Boulevard fame. It's one of the best boulevards. It really is. Yeah. It goes from Santa Monica to like past downtown, right? Yeah, I to think downtown. So. Maybe it stops at downtown around there. It's a long boulevard. Yeah. If you don't know, that's very far. Yeah. Some people who are visiting LA might say, oh, you're staying downtown? Well, I live in Santa... I'm in Santa Monica. Okay, um... Meet me there at five o'clock, rush hour traffic. <laughs> no, it's very That's far. a two hour drive during traffic. It's a, v- yeah. Yeah. Just, just giving you guys some geography lessons if of you course. don't live in LA. Well, 40 year old Chico was known as a man about town and also a total slut. Ooh. Much like the, the dentist, Doc Harlan. Okay. Okay. Both sluts. Yeah. A lot of slutty men in Victorian era Los Angeles. Hey, and that's their best quality. It really is. I mean, that's not why they're bad. No, that's not why they're bad, but they are sluts. Okay. It was at this time when he met 18-year-old Lestanzia Abarta, who was a working class Basque and Mexican girl who worked at her father's billiard hall playing guitar and singing. Ooh. Now, Chico frequented this billiard hall, and he had a crush on Listanzia. Nice. Look, Desi, she is <laughs> much younger than him. How old is he? She, he's 40, and <gasps> she's 18. Gross. And he's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> I fucking hate him now. <laughs> the 18-year-old girl was even invited to play at a banquet hosted by Pio Pico. 
Ooh. She actually changed some of the lyrics to one of the Mexican love songs that she was singing to dunk on Pio Pico. Nice. Which I thought was cute. Ooh, wow. Wow. Did you hear that firework, everybody? It sounded uh, loud. That was like a demolition. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's continue. Chico pursued Lestanzia for over a year, promising her that he would marry her. Of course. The classic. <laughs> Lestanzia's mother objected to this as she wanted her daughter to marry Francisco P. Ramirez, who was an attorney. Ramirez also had published California's first Spanish-speaking newspaper when he was just 17. It was called El Clamor Publico. She's got a lot of suitors. Absolutely. Yeah. This guy was a lot older than her, too. Yeah. I looked up his age, like when he published this newspaper, when he was 17. I was like, that's way before... The present time that we're speaking of. Yeah. Lestanzia liked Chico, but she was hesitant to accept his proposal because she didn't want to go against her mother's wishes. But Chico continued to woo Lestanzia, even writing to her when he was out of town, and he still swore that he would marry her. While Chico was away in Arizona, Lestanzia wrote to him, if you don't come back soon, I will marry Mr. Ramirez, and I really don't want to. <gasps> like My mom yeah. wants me to be married off. He's a nice lawyer. He's a nice lawyer, man. <laughs> he, he published the first Spanish-speaking newspaper yeah. in California. He's good, too. I mean, you got to go with the mom at this time. Like, the mom rules. Right, right, but she's like, but her heart is with Chico. Right. So he needs to come back and, and sort of interrupt this wedding, right? Yeah, I mean, there isn't a wedding set, but it's basically like, look, you're... You're going to marry this guy. Right. But he can marry her and be like, nah. Yeah. Like, that's like the way to probably do it. Right. Get on it. Yeah. Shit or get off the pot. Exactly. Chico did come back and he even presented Lestanzia with a marriage license. Lestanzia's mother still objected, but he whisked her away in a carriage and they sought out a hotel to be married at in one, at once. Ooh. Like, okay, let's do this. Let's Does elope. Chico have money? He's the the wealthiest guy in town. Oh, so the mom should be okay with this. Yeah, she probably knows that he's like has a slutty reputation. Right. And not not even just that he likes sex. Like I should say like he's a womanizer. Yeah. Like he's just like he's a rep. Right. He fucks a lot of broads. Okay. Like not always ethically. So she thinks that maybe he's just using the daughter. Yeah, the mom has her suspicions about Chico. Okay. This is like not the guy that she wants her to So it's not like he's some poor guy and she's like doesn't want him. It's not a class thing at all. Yeah. It's that he's the mom doesn't think he's a good guy and she wants her to get married to Francisco. Okay. The other Francisco. I right. realize they're both named that. <laughs> now, they checked into the Moizo Mansion, which was a luxury hotel downtown. Chico then left Lestanzia in the room for several hours and when he finally came back he was like I'm sorry I couldn't find anyone to marry us like he would he was leaving the room telling her like I'm gonna go find us a priest and he was gone for hours yes and he would lock the door also why didn't why couldn't she come he had to do this on him by himself (laughs) Jesse did you did you catch that he would lock the door when he left? yes that's why I'm saying it's suspicious absolutely Lestanzia was heartbroken. And then on top of that, he tried to stick it in. <gasps> he was like, what's the big deal? We're almost married. But she refused. Ew. She's like, but we're not married yet. Yeah. You can't just fuck me. 
No. And he's like, well, come on, we're going to get married. Yes, this is getting very suspicious. Absolutely. So Chico then left again, but this time he left Lestanzia locked up alone in this hotel room for more than 18 hours. What the F? Yeah. I'm not that I'm victim blaming, but did she have any access to calling anyone or Does she he, just... It's 1881. <laughs> I don't know. She does that. not have a telephone. <laughs> Maybe in this luxury hotel. I No. It's 1881. She's 18 years old. She's like... So she can't be like, room service. <laughs> there were was people bringing her food. Okay. At the hotel. Okay. But she's not like... She trusts so she So she was staying willingly then also. Yeah, she trusts this guy, but she's like, he's locking me up in here for a good reason, I guess. Like, I see. I t- That's he- what I could understand. Was she feeling like she was locked up or she wanted to be she safe? Was yeah. heart- she was sad yeah. and she was heartbroken that like he was gone. But she was listening some- to him, basically. But she was still giving him the benefit of the doubt at this point. Okay, okay. he's yeah. going to find someone It's taking a long time. I right. mean, she's confused. Yeah. Okay. To why it's taking 18 hours. Look, I'm trying to understand as a cynical person who doesn't trust people. (laughs) Well, when he finally came back, he told Lestanzia that he still couldn't find anybody to marry them. And Lestanzia was like, what the fuck is going on? That's impossible. And like, who even knows what he was doing for those 18 hours? Yeah. Because that doesn't take... You'd think you'd give up at some point for the day. (laughs) Right? Absolutely. Chico insisted to Listanzia that they, again, were basically married and that they should have sex. Like, he, he pulls that uh, again. He says it again. He's like, all right, have you reconsidered uh, that we should have sex yet? He then proceeded to bully Listanzia into her, like, reluctantly consenting <gasps> to sex. Oh, no. He, and he even threatened her and said, well, if you don't fuck me, I'm not going to marry you. Yeah. I mean, this was some that's uh, coerced sex yes. happening here. That's coerced consent. Is that a thing? It's not. <laughs> I would say this is not very consensual. Yeah, happening. Not a hard yes. <laughs> this is not a. She is not saying yes. She is th- being threatened. Yeah, into having sex with this guy. She so Lestanzia eventually relented. And after they had sex, she stayed up all night crying. She felt like, oh, my God, I just gave my virginity away. Yeah. And like we talked about before uh, this week in the Hattie Wolstein episode in Victoria, Victorian era life, your purity as a woman, that was like your greatest asset. Right. Uh, You know, as a young woman, like you have to hold on to that. Like being a chaste woman is very important. And you give it to your husband. And you give it to your ugly ass husband. (laughs) That is a gift for your ugly ass old husband. Right. (laughs) To pump into you one time. (laughs) One weak pump with one weak load. And then that's it. And it rolls off of you and you're like, please go to sleep. Absolutely. Okay. So... Lestanzia is like disgusted with herself. She's feeling like dirty and horrible and like she has this stain on her and it's just like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. Like before I even got married, how could I do this? It's just like bad for her. So she stayed up all night crying and before Chico left early that morning, he told her to meet him in Tucson to get married there. He's like, we'll just go to Arizona. So could have done that like the first night. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, Desi. So Lestanzia went back to her mother's house to tell her. <gasps> the mom was really upset that they had spent the night together in the hotel and weren't even married yet. She then told her daughter that unless they got married today, she never wanted to see her again. Oh, my God. She's like, you're damaged goods. I don't ever want to see you again unless you marry this man today. And he makes an honest woman out of you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates, go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. So Listania spent the rest of that morning and into the afternoon looking for Chico around town. She finally found him at the racetrack. And she asked him when they were getting married. And he was like, what are you doing here? What's the matter with you? Like, she's the crazy one when he just disappears. And, like, you're supposed to be finding a priest, but you're hanging out at the racetrack? What the fuck's going on, Chico? And Lestanzia was like, we have to get married today. My mom's going to disown me if we don't get married today. And he was like, whoa, chill. Dude, your mom has zero chill. (laughs) 
basically what he said. He was like, dude, whoa, relax. Relax, man. And so she's like the crazy person. Of course. Feeling like a crazy person. We've all been there. We've all been there. And so Chico says, we're going to get married. We're going to do it tonight back at the hotel at 6 p.m. It's going to happen. Chill. I'll bring someone to marry us. But he just kept jerking her around. Lestancia even went herself that day to a lawyer and former justice of the peace's office about arranging to be married. She then saw Chico again at the hotel at 3 p.m. and he reassured her that he would find someone, but he had to attend to some business first. But hours passed and it was well after 6 p.m. when he said, this is when we're getting married at the hotel. He finally showed up, but he was alone. He did not bring a priest Ugh, this guy. or a justice of the peace, whatever, to marry them. Lestanzia asked what the hell was going on. Why did you come back alone? Like, what were you doing out there for all that time? Chico was like, look, babe, I can't make it happen today, but we can definitely do it tomorrow. Oh, my God. Then he was like, all right, let's have sex. Lestanzia <laughs> was obviously heartbroken. And she refused. Chico told her that they would go down to the lawyer's office the next day and just get married there. Like, we don't have to do it in a hotel. We can just get married right at the lawyer's office. He said he would meet her. Like, we're not, oh, but we're not going to go together. I'll just meet you there. Of course, he never showed when she went there. Lestanzia then went back to her mother's house and had to tell her mom that they still hadn't been married yet. And this is a quote from Lestanzia. She would later go on to say, I thought I would go crazy. I felt so bad. So she walked to the gun shop where she purchased a pistol. Nice. She was planning on killing herself. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) That changed so fast. (laughs) Lestanzia had never even fired a gun before, so she had to be taught by the shop owner. Back at Lestanzia's house, she was approached by her sister, Hortensia, Hortensia asked her what was wrong, and Lestanzia told her that she didn't want to live anymore. And obviously her sister was very concerned by this, and she just wanted to help her and make it all better. She's like, what can I do? So she's like, we have to find Chico. So the two sisters then set out to find Chico and confront him together. Nice. They first went to the Cosmopolitan Hotel, but they couldn't find him. They were told by someone there that he was at the horse stables. And they were able to locate him there. And Lestanzia told Chico to get in the buggy. Like they they pulled up. <laughs> they pulled up in a buggy. And she they're pulled like, up with her ride or die. <laughs> yeah, with her sister. And she's like, get the fuck in the buggy. Dude, I love that this is all like the trappings of a modern story, but with like a buggy. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is a tale as old as time, Desi. So he gets in the buggy. He's like, whoa, what's up? To these two sisters, yeah. like, hey, ladies. Hey, I'm going to be your brother-in-law soon. <laughs> <laughs> nice call back. <laughs> so the sisters asked him, why haven't you married Lestanzia yet? And he's like, okay, whoa, let's do it now. We'll do it now. Let's go to the church. Driver, take us to the church. But when they got to the church, Chico was like, actually, driver, can we make another stop on this other street? And Lestanzia, of course, was like, what the fuck? Why can't we just get out here right now and do it? And there's a priest in there. He can marry us right now. We have a marriage license. Let's do it. So the buggy then drove on past the church, stopped at Commercial in Los Angeles Street. They all got out of the car. 
And that's when Lestanzia fired the pistol straight into Chico's eye, killing him. Ooh. In broad daylight in front of everybody. Lestanzia says that she remembered nothing of the incident and that the next thing she knew, she was in jail. Of course, there was a murder trial, and it began in April 1881, which was just weeks after the murder occurred. Her defense attorneys argued that Lestanzia was suffering from hysteria, the classic, right? And that because Chico had dishonored her, she was compelled to kill him. Lestanzia testified at the trial, saying that she had always suffered from hysteria suffered from hysteria at certain times of the month. Yeah. There's a lot of period defense talk in this case. You know what? If they're going to be sexist, we have to use it against them. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Joseph Kurtz testified for the defense that being dishonored like this, in addition to having your period at the same time and severe menstrual cramps was enough to drive any woman insane. Nice. I love this defense. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Desi. It's very good and very sexist. Dr. Kenneth D. Wise also testified that he had noted Lestanzia's fragile mental state as well as her history of mental cramps. Now, both doctors had treated Lestanzia in the past, and they had also seen her in jail following the murder. Dr. Wise told the court that up until a few days ago, Lestanzia had been a virgin, And he said that undoubtedly, no, he said that her brain was, quote, undoubtedly congested with blood. Wow. Like she had her period (laughs) so bad it went up to her brain. (laughs) This is not very scientific. I don't think it, I mean, men still don't know how periods work. It's true. Like, did you see that story the other day where the guy was mad at his girlfriend because she got her period on vacation? Oh, and he wanted her to stop it? He wanted her to hold it in. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just feel like guys still don't know how periods work. Several other doctors who had treated Lestanzia in the past testified to her bouts of monthly hysteria. The doctors all agreed that at the time of the murder, Lestanzia did not know right from wrong. Now, Dr. Ross testified for the prosecution. He argued that there was a difference between hysteria and insanity and that Lestanzia had killed Chico out of revenge. On cross-examination, the defense pointed out that this doctor had never even treated Lestanzia before. They were like, how do you know? You don't know, you don't know that Lestanzia isn't a crazy fucking bitch with yeah. really bad cramps? Yeah. We've treated her since she was a young girl. Right. We know this bitch gets crazy once a month. And it's actually very common for all women. (laughs) (laughs) Now, also testifying at the trial was a woman named Cecilia Abbott, who said that up until the murder, she was under the impression that she was engaged to Chico. Oh, wow. So not only... I just don't get what Chico's endgame was. (laughs) He was going to get... How do you keep this up? Like, was was it really worth... That like he was just hoping that this working class young girl was too stupid and too, you know, insecure to stand up for herself. It just seems like a lot of work to fuck someone when there was probably plenty of women willing to do it without all the. Do you know what I mean? Like that seems like a lot of work to get her. Look, Desi, I'm just saying. (laughs) I agree. I agree. But this man, he wanted sick. He wanted to fuck who he wanted to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. This Cecilia woman was actually with Chico the day before he was murdered. 
So it really oh. makes you wonder what he was doing for those 18 hours. Right. He when was he probably with leave. her. Yeah. He yeah. probably was. But fortunately, Lestanzia was found not guilty. And just like in the Hattie Wolstein case, the people cheered. They agreed. Oh, good. They agreed that Chico got what he deserved. Yeah. And I do too. I do too. Did she do anything wrong? No. She did nothing wrong. She was pushed to the brink. Yeah. Now, I actually saw a little snippet of this case portrayed on the investigation discovery show, Deadly Women. They did a little segment on it. Their Deadly Women series is like they do three different short cases per per episode. So it's like 20 minutes, you know, as opposed to an hour. The reenactments for this case are stunning. Like I've said many times before, investigation discovery, best reenactments in the business. Yeah. Deadly Women is one of their shows that has some really excellent reenactments. The guy playing Chico, he did such a great job at being a sleazebag. I recommend it. I recommend watching Deadly Women from investigation discovery. I feel like it sounds like a feel-good show. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, hers is definitely the one where it's right. like, okay, this guy, ha- this guy got what he had coming. Yeah. Like, how many other girls around town was he raping? Yeah. I don't feel bad for him. He no. needed to be put out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Go Lestanzia. So yeah, so that's my mini episode for this week. Cool. Lots of 1800s action going on. There really was. I mean, the 1800s in Los Angeles... It was like such a, it was really an interesting time. Yes, it is pre-Hollywood, but there is plenty of action happening well, then. Well, that's like that movie, There Will Be Blood. I don't think it's 1800s, but it's probably like turn of the century. Yeah. And it was like before LA, when it was just oil fields right. and like stuff like that. Um, I'll probably get into that more when I finally do the Greystone Mansion right. murder. Right. Because uh, it's really interesting. And that that movie is based on... The Greystone Mansion guy. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it's really yeah. good. Oh, fun fact. The judge who presided over this case was Judge Sepulveda Ooh, of Sepulveda Boulevard. It's always exciting when you're like, that's a street. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. Like, I get really excited. Like, when we talked, Me too. When we talked about like Griffith J. Griffith before. Right. Or when yeah. we talked like... What's his name? Ned Doheny. Do- yeah, when you know when you know the street, and you're like, oh, that's where Barham is from. <laughs> Barham Boulevard. Is there a Barham? I don't know. Oh. It's just like you know the street for a very long time, and then you hear the name, and you're just like so proud of yourself. I'd like to know where they came up with. This is a very famous street in the valley, the best street in Los Angeles. Oh. It's called Compton. That sounds like a last name. It has to be a last name because no one in their right name would name a street that sounds like cum dumpster. Well. And sometimes I just think, did people not, was come a new word, C-U-M? Do you know what I mean? I'd like to know. I know C-O-M-E has been used from like the olden days. Right. Like in the Bible. I feel like C-U-M-E probably originated on like a bathroom wall somewhere. It sounds like something from like a 70s porn, like that era. Like the spelling originated there. Yeah. Someone just like, John Holmes like didn't go to school and he's like, I cummed. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> do you have any movie, TV, podcast, book recommendations? Um, movie, TV, podcast, books. No, I'm on the final season of Homeland. I I did listen to a really good Swindled on the Banana 
the whole history of the banana. <laughs> I know it sounds boring, but it's really good. Isn't it about like the exploitative banana companies? Yes, but like the the pesticides and then the um, Chiquita Banana Company. Oh yeah, like that whole. I mean, a, a, a lot of it I already knew, but I like listening to it again. You're very smart, Desi. <laughs> <laughs> I was very well versed on the banana history, um, but yeah. So I did. Uh, I liked listening to that. I feel like I listened to something else. Uh, why don't you go? I'll, let me look up the other podcast. I am also on the final season of Homeland. Ooh. I haven't, I started like, I watched like the first 10 minutes of season eight, episode one. I'm going to get back into it tonight, probably. So you just started episode, season eight? Yes. I okay. just started season eight. Season seven was fucking wild. This show is like. It got good again, right? I admit there's like a transition period when you're so used to like the first three. Oh, somebody seasons. else died, and I was really fucking upset about that. That was very upsetting. I was really upset about that. <laughs> Me too. Because you got back into that relationship, right? Yes. That was really sad. I cried my eyes out for him. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't like when people die on shows. <laughs> I get mad. <laughs> I get attached to them, and then they fucking die, and I really don't like it. Anyway. I did listen to a new podcast this week. Not that they need our promotion, but it's the new Wondery podcast. Oh, Guru? Yes. That's what I listen to. Thank Is that you. what you're looking up yes. right now? Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Guru for I a second. I only listened to like the first two episodes. I listened to the first four because that's all that's released right now. It's a six-part. Okay. They're not that long of episodes. No, they're short. I might have done three. I just can't remember. I listened to the first four. I'm waiting for number five to drop. I don't know what day they release their episodes, but it is about the secret guy, James Arthur Ray. Did he write the secret or he just was part of it? It's the Sweat Lodge murders. Yes. I mean, or I don't know if they called them murders, but I mean, he was charged with stuff. Yes, he was charged with manslaughter, I think, uh, yeah, he was I mean, the, the case charged. was very famous a few years ago. It took me a second to put it together. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. It was longer ago than I remembered. It was oh, in really? Sh- the incident happened in 2009. Oh. So for those of you who aren't familiar with James Arthur Ray, he got famous from, I'm, I think he wrote the book, The Secret. I couldn't quite, I wasn't sure if he wrote it or not. But, but he became yeah. famous from The Secret. Yeah. Like he was, he was like on Oprah. Guy. He became, yeah, The Secret became famous from Oprah. He was like the spokesperson. He is like a, you know, would do those expensive seminars and those like walking on hot coal type things too. I guess. I don't know if they did walking on hot coal, but, but they had vibe. that kind of shit it was that where you had to like do things. So in 2009, <laughs> at one of his like $10,000 retreats that people who were devoted to him would attend, this was in Sedona, Arizona. He's sets up a sweat lodge and first of all, this man, this, his sweat lodge is in no way representative of the indigenous sweat lodges. This is like a heat endurance test. Yeah. I, I, when I was listening, sometimes when I listen to these things, I'm like, I would be the one, (laughs) like, first of all, I would never get that far into it probably, but I'm just like thinking about these things that I would absolutely be like, no way. (laughs) Like I'm not doing it to prove anything. Like I'm not going in a heat thing. 
Like barely, I could barely do hot yoga. Right. Like it's so like one of the women said something that made me feel so like, I was like, this is probably true for like so many people who get wrapped up into these kind of things. She said something like, I realized later that I had undiagnosed depression. (laughs) I was like, yes, because that is exactly what they play on. Yes. Someone's searching for something to like get them out of whatever they're feeling. And they probably have undiagnosed depression. Like, well, it's like this guy bullied people into doing this bastardized version of his version of a sweat lodge. And he's finding people who are in some way not happy with what's happening in their lives. Right. Regardless of what that might be. That's what they prey on. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's like, if you leave, you're weak. Like, don't, you're going to feel like you're dying. And they had this indigenous woman who actually attended the trial because she was like heartbroken that, you know, people had died and that, her uh, practices were being misrepresented by this white guy, right? And like how harmful that is to the community, to their community in Arizona, and like, so she was basically just like, you know, this is not like you're not supposed to feel like you're not supposed to feel like you're about to die. Like that's not that's a red flag. And he was yes. telling people, he's like, you're gonna feel like you're gonna die, and that's good, right? And she's like, no, you're not. That's like a really good thing like you should never feel like you're about to die (laughs) yeah like even when I got like I got a COVID test this week and like you have to stick the swab up your nose and so they're giving you the instructions and they're like just do it till like you feel a little uncomfortable and ticklish don't do it till you're at the point of hurt like you're in pain (laughs) I just kept picturing people really going up too far to make sure they got a good test but it was like, yeah, you shouldn't be in pain or die, feel like you're dying doing these things that are helping you or something. Right. I mean, I like the Wondery podcast. Yeah, you too. They're definitely more dry, like kind of just giving you the story uh, for sure. Like new, like a news, news-esque or like a discovery, like an investigation discovery probably. Yeah, no, I do, I do like their stuff and I, I did... I have been enjoying this one. I can't wait to like I to hear what happens next. I am I would I think we should do a deep dive on on just this guy and like the whole secret thing, eventually do an episode on it. Yeah. Not just the incident, but like his I'm interested. I'm interested in, those in things. this guy's life story and how he got started. Uh, you know me. Yeah, I'm, they didn't really go a lot into his history. I don't know if no. they will maybe later. Right, maybe. They, it's possible they will, like during the trial, they go back where he started because they have like f- three more episodes, two right? More or two more okay. episodes left. I don't know, but I'm interested in his history. That's what I want to know. Like, how do you get to that point where you're like, I'm a guru? <laughs> like, yeah. That just seems like such a, like, I would never feel comfortable saying that I was a guru. Right. There's just no way. No, absolutely but not. He's just like, Okay. Not only am I a guru, but I'm so good that I can charge upwards of $10,000 for you to listen to me talk. I know. That's just so... Like, what? We're not... I mean, we put our show for free for listening to us talk. Yeah. For for all the wisdom that Desi and I impart, this is free. We're fucking heroes. We're gurus. You get all this dumb bitch juice for free. Seriously? (laughs) Look, Desi, your chocolate caramel sundae McDonald's trick. Absolutely. That is worth way more than whatever James and Arthur Ray. That I made you cool, not hot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this guy, he, these types of people are fascinating to me. Anyone who is like 
shilling this kind of stuff is fascinating. I like people who trick people. No, I, I you, well, we don't like that. No, no, Let's no. But we, I like those stories. The stories are interesting because it's a lot of stuff that's happening on going on on both sides. They're finding these people who, you know what I mean, like a certain type of person they can manipulate, manipulate, and the, and there's a lot of killers that have that skill or whatever you want to call it, right? The ability to do that, draw people in, or cult leaders, um, yeah, yeah, it's like wild. His whole or even MLMs and stuff, right? Did you are you friends with Chelsea? This woman, Chelsea, she had a funny MLM thing where this woman kept coming after her on Facebook. Did she tweet she, this? Yeah, and she, she, the woman sent her voice text. What? And she didn't know her on Facebook. She sent voice text. She's like, hey, it's Marnie. I really wanted to tell you about this. Like, a vo- Can you imagine getting voice text on Facebook from someone you don't know about an MLM? She didn't even know her? No. That's so weird. It was like a mutual of a mutual of a mutual type thing. And she was like, hey, hun. Yeah, it was literally that. She got the hun speech. Yeah. She's like, I just don't want you to miss this opportunity. Like, because she kept saying no. And she like wouldn't give up. It was oh, crazy. Poor thing. I, I was just like, if someone sent me a voice text, I would literally delete every app on my phone. <laughs> I just like, have never, I didn't know you could send a voice text on I Facebook. didn't either, but she had them. Like, she played them. She played them on Twitter. Yes. Oh my god! I need to follow this okay. person. Okay. This is. They're not. There's only a few of them, but it's funny. And she sent a voice text back finally to the person. It was really funny. Oh my god! I'll, I'll send you the link. I wonder if I'm mutuals with this girl. Okay. So yeah. So that's what I'm. That's what I've been consuming lately. That's what I've been thinking about. Is this James Arthur Ray guy? I was never. I never got into the secret. I have. I know plenty of people who did though. Back in the mid 2000s. I yeah. That's not for me. Oh, oh, I also been watching something really great, um, an old favorite <laughs> for some reason. And I know, I, I know some, some demented millennial at Netflix made this decision and I completely support them. Some millennial person working at Netflix put up one single season of Supermarket Sweep. Oh, Yeah. Now I want to watch it, Desi. I'm sure we've talked about Supermarket Sweep on this show before. I watched it, yeah, in the early '90s when it was on TV. I definitely watched it, but it's a very stressful show for me. I get really stressed out you watching do? it. I don't know why, because I get very <laughs> upset by people's choices. Like, do you ever watch a game show or a competition that's very viscerally upsetting yes. to you for some reason? Yes. For some reason, that one, because I had very specific ideas about what I wanted to do, them to do. Right. If they did stupid things, it like kills me. Even though, because it's almost like worse when it's really low stakes for me. Right. Because then you really need the pride of winning to make it all cool. This I don't know. show... Like I said before, I watched the show as a kid. I loved it. For some reason, I loved it. It was so stupid. I even knew it was stupid when I was watching it. Oh, my God. Yes. But I loved it. My brother and I would always say to each other, we would always say, like, the next time you're at the checkout counter and you hear the beep, beep, think of all the fun you could have on Supermarket Sweep. Right. We would always say that to each other. Anyway, I was watching it. I forgot how fucking stupid these the contestants they where do they find these people just like having these images of people shoving butterball turkeys in a cart for what like just like it's not even it's like the worst choice but they think they have this plan that's not even what makes them stupid and i'm saying as a stupid dumb bitch yeah i'm saying this with love but they're i one of the in one of the episodes i watched last night or two nights ago 
the answer, like, because they do like um, like a quiz portion of it right. first where it's like right. word games. They try to make it more of a game show. It's like a, there's like that, the quiz show portion of it before they get to like the sweep where they run through the store with a shopping Ugh, cart. I want to run through a store with a shopping cart. Anyway, the answer to the question was Newman's own pasta sauce. Yes. And this one lady, Miranda, Melinda, her name was Melinda. Of course. She buzzed in (laughs) and she was like, rigatoni sauce. What? (laughs) And the question was like, this Hollywood actor has his own brand of tomato sauce. Rigatoni? She said rigatoni sauce. Who's that? (laughs) What, What star is she talking about? Nobody could get that it was Paul Newman, Newman's own. I'm just trying to think what she was thinking. Like, she at least say Rigatoni Danza or something like it. Dude, I could not fucking believe. Actually, Tony Danza was an answer for oh, one really? of There was some question where it was like, this guy who's known as the boss or whatever, and some lady buzzed in so fast. It was like, what's his favorite condiment or whatever? And she buzzed in so fast, like she like had a big Tony Danza poster on her wall, probably that she kissed every night. Right. Like this lady knew every Tony Danza fact. That was wow. the vibe I got. Nice. nice. She knew. Cool. Um, Scott Bayo was an answer. Ugh. <laughs> Just the worst taste. It's great. I, I highly recommend watching it, especially if you haven't ever seen it before, because you'd be like, this was on TV. It's, yeah. I mean, it's like a nothing. Sh- it's there's nothing to it. You can't. You believe. can just watch it, and it's like literally takes zero brain cells to process. <laughs> I do get stressed for some reason, but it's still very enjoyable. It's hard not to put yourself in their place. I think that's like it's one of those shows yes. where you're thinking of what, what you would I do. do. And you can't stop thinking of your plans. And then when you go to the grocery store, you everything you look at, <laughs> you're like planning as if you're going to be on it. Like, oh, that's a good item. Like, I really was under the impression as a kid that I would be on this show one day. Like, I was convinced I would be on Supermarket Sweep one day because I had the whole thing mapped out of how I was going to get the most expensive items. If we ever have a show, we should do a segment where we get to do that. (gasps) Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? I would love to set up, like, a celebrity Supermarket Sweep. My dream is to go through a supermarket like that. Me too. And just have some kind of goal in mind. I don't care what it is. That was honestly, like, in the early days of lockdown... My, all my trips to the grocery store were like supermarket sweep. Right. What can I get? <laughs> what can I get as quick as possible and get the fuck out of here? Yeah. Like, but I, I, like, I always wanted those gold foil hams. Oh, yeah. And then also the wheels of cheese, because you don't see those big wheels of cheese, like just stacks of wheels of cheese at the supermarket usually. Yes. Uh, those always looked so good to me. Yeah. Those are really good. Should we transition? What'd you eat? Honestly, I'm not eating that much because it's so hot. I don't feel like cooking. Yeah. I I did make homemade drumstick ice cream cones. I'm so dizzy. <laughs> I'm not eating that much. I'm just like eating like a bird lately. I did make homemade drumstick ice cream. They were really that. good. That sounds good. It was like a few steps, but I, I managed. So did you buy little waffle cones? I got little sugar cones. Yeah. 
uh, I made a chocolate sauce that hardened when it got cold. Ooh. So I had chopped peanuts and vanilla ice cream. So it's just a few steps. Right. Because you have to f- freeze everything in between. Right. You got to soften so the So I put ice like the little, little chocolate in the bottom of the cone. Right. To freeze that. Put the ice cream on, freeze that, and then... I, got, I bought a silicone pastry brush. I had been meaning to get one for a while because yeah. you have to brush the ice cream on and immediately put the peanuts on because it hardens very fast. Brush the ice cream on. You ha- I had to brush the chocolate on the ice cream. Oh, okay. Because it hardens the minute it hits the cold. Right. So then you have to sprinkle the peanuts on very quickly. Wow. <laughs> and one oh. thing I learned, if you do this yourself at home, you really get the, you have to get the chocolate onto the cone. Otherwise, it'll fall off. The ice cream. So you got to paint it. You got to paint it onto the cone so it's all connected. Right. Otherwise, it will just be like one, it'll come off like a hard chocolate ball, which is still good, but it's a little harder to eat. Right. So, yeah. Ooh, that's a good project. It was good. It was very refreshing. That's a really good project. (laughs) It was fun. What did I eat this week? Honestly, I don't even remember what happened this week. It was very hot in Los Angeles here. Like it was very cold the week before. It was cold. It's hot this week and but, very humid. But I can't this take week it. it's fucking muggy and humid and disgusting. Um, I, I have no idea what I ate. I, I ate some things. I ate some wheat thins. Oh yeah, I saw that. I stress ate some wheat thins this week. I don't know. Hopefully, I'll have a really great meal. I think I'm gonna have some better stuff next week for yeah. food. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for great meals in the days to come. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It's hot right now. That's why I'm getting distracted. We're a little low energy. It's it's sort of humid though. I know. Don't it's you muggy. feel humid? It's muggy here. Yeah. It is. Um, okay. All right. We'll have a great weekend, guys. Talk to you later. Talk Bye. To you later. Bye.